the Spanish announce table. What's up, bitch ass? This is episode 329 of the Spanish announce table. Tom, how are you? Tim, I am at ease. Hmm. First, you seek to understand, then you seek to be understood. I'm well. I don't understand. Tim, I am just telling you buzzwords that I heard from a new app, to me, called Calm. Calm. I, Tim, have been meditating. Calm. Now, before Mm. we talk about pro wrestling, let's first focus in on the breath. Mm. Now, Tim, Mm -hmm. I will seek to understand how are you? Well, I have not been so calm as you have, uh, unfortunately. I have had to spend $3,500 in vehicle repairs uh, in two vehicles. I've had the power go out, I think, four times over the last four days. Uh, and the power company's been out here. Um, yeah, it's real fun, right? Has the power company resolved your power issues? They say they have. We'll see. If you lose this uh, recording and we have to, like, splice it all together, you know, you'll Well, know. then I tell you what, you fucking put your knuckle through their goddamn eye socket if they don't fucking fix the issue. Calm. Calm. Focus on, on the breath. Yes. Uh, yes, breath. Everything should be calm. Now. T- Tim, yeah. I think we're going to have to use this technique uh, as we transition to the second half of the show. Mm. But... As longtime listeners know, we talk about pro wrestling here on this podcast, and we focus on AEW Dynamite. So, Tim, why don't you, uh, what do you say to us going into a recap of Wednesday night's AEW Dynamite on TNT? I am excited about AEW Dynamite. It's one of my favorite shows, and I, uh, I like this one, and I think we're going to have fun talking about it. Let's start off. So it kicked off with some great action from the number one contender, Hangman Adam Page, taking on Team Taz member Ricky Starks. Taz was on commentary. Hangman Adam Page gets the victory. Tim, what did you think of this match? Uh, Anytime Hangman Adam Page is in there, I'm having a blast. So I enjoyed this thoroughly. I liked it a lot. Yet again, it just feels to me that – Ricky Starks just doesn't fit in with Team Taz. And especially on this episode where Hook is walking out in a big hoodie with the hood over his head, looking down at the ground, looking mad at the world. And Ricky Starks has tassels and this 1980s Bobby Eaton jacket and then doing like, you know, 1990s Vogue poses. And it's just those two things to me don't make sense together i'm not saying if you have two polar opposites that they can't be friends hell they do it in aw right uh sunny kiss and joey janela on paper those two don't make any sense together though it fits this one though doesn't to me and yet again the entire time that taz is doing commentary talking up his guy ricky starks i just feel like i don't think this is your guy man and maybe that's the story but Hangman gets the victory. Uh, there was a really scary moment where uh, Hangman tried to do uh, a belly to back. And I think Ricky Starks was supposed to land on his feet, but didn't get full rotation over and landed right on the 
back of his neck popped up though and acted like he was fine maybe that was adrenaline uh so hopefully he is good to uh, you know get on to next week's show but after hangman gets the victory uh hook attacks hangman from behind that brings out um the dark order they are gonna chase off team taz then it brings out brian cage well excuse me brian cage was already out but then as they retreated brian cage and hangman adam page lock eyes and they're like you want to fight yeah i want to fight and so next week we get brian cage versus hangman adam page uh what do you think about this kind of detour for hangman as he is the number one contender and we are i think waiting for that kenny omega feud to start but now here's a quick left turn and we're feuding with team taz yeah, I mean, it's good if we're not going to go right away in a Hangman Adam Page, and then we're not just stalling with him trying to find goofy ways to hang out with the Dark Order, right? You're going to have a, a meaningful person for him to beat up, and mm-hmm. it should be a good story with a good talker and Taz. So. I agree, and I think it, it's good timing, too, because he is the, the number one contender, and I think that's right to do right now. However, Kenny Omega does have a match uh for impact this weekend where he takes on rich swan where it's champion versus champion so i think it would be distracting even though kenny omega still has this lingering feud with uh eddie kingston and john moxley which we'll get to in a little bit but it's good that now kenny omega isn't pulled into too many directions right he's not doing a uh impact champion versus champion match over here and then he's doing the john moxley still hates me and now he's doing a number one like that's almost too much to focus on so i i like the detour that we're taking with hangman but again once we take that right and get back on course oh i am here for it we might do a whole hour just on that damn story assuming that That's they knock so, it out of the park yeah. i can't wait it's gonna, That's be, gonna be fun so after the commercial break we got trent taking on pinta el zero mido zero mido uh this was fun because it seemed like there was no real story going into this match. Now I know we're, we're getting to the to the first steps of Death Triangle versus Best Friends, but I don't think we've really established too much yet. And so this match just said, "Hey, fuck the first two thirds of the match to the finish from the first move," and they just went at it. This was incredible. What did you think of this? Uh, I agree with you. I thought this was incredible. They went at it, um, and Penta is just impresses me every time i see him i you know and not that trent's terrible or anything like that but he is coming back from injury obviously kind of getting back into things and uh but penta is always just he's charisma and he's 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 good stuff i love him and in this week's episode he he debuted what i think is a batman mask it was a little bit different it's still not as good as saint patrick's day penta saint patrick's day penta is still number one in my book uh but it was a close second uh but we also saw penta's manager i don't i don't really know yeah, what we're what calling him yeah because i know he's the translator because penta can't speak uh fluid english so i'm okay with that instigator like i don't yeah because what he does the uh, the the guy uh whatever his ass is bitch ass grabs the Casey microphone Marshall? no we'll no. get to him in a little bit God, yeah, yeah I, we'll get I, to I always him. mix him up with other yeah yeah it makes our sense. best our best online supporter cutie marshall Quad cutie marshall. love that guy Love it, man. Hopefully you bowl that 300 in that cool-ass shirt you keep wearing each week. Um, but the, 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 the bitch-ass grabs the microphone, and he says, Hey, Penta says, your mom sucks. And I'm paraphrasing here. 
And as everyone knows, you don't talk about Trent's mom. Sue is not to be trifled with. That's right. And that is and Sue you might know what come I, after you, let alone. Yeah, that band might run over your ass. And what I like about that is that should be part of Trent's character. Not that he's a mama's boy, right? We don't need to make him into, oh, my mom called. I can't make it to the match. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, you don't spit in the wind, you don't tug on Superman's cape, and you don't talk about Sue. God damn it, you do not talk about Sue. Don't do that. If we go th- down that route, I'm I'm for it. So if this is the start of that, okay, but let's not pinpoint on it too much. Uh, however... The match, like I said, was crazy. Penta gets the win because it was this weird, you know, jumbled mass mess here. But Penta, I don't know if you caught this, fucking kicked Orange Cassidy's head into the eighth row. Yeah. Holy Jesus. Yeah, he uh, he definitely uh, was aggressive with that. Uh, he definitely did not uh, hold back. I, that was whew, that was hard to watch. I, I definitely rewound that one a couple times. That was fun. Yeah. I don't know breaking kayfabe if I don't know Orange Cassidy's real name, but if whoever, you know, his real name is, if he own, if he owns or owns, if he owes Penta real money, it seemed like Penta was getting his uh, debt collected one way or the other. If he wasn't getting that yeah. money, he was going to kick his head off because good Christ. But anyhow, Penta gets the win. Again, we're going to be moving towards a death triangle best friends feud. I'm here for it again. I, you know, best friends keep doing this up and down wave of they're the number one contenders. Oh my God, what a great matchup, but they lost and now here they keep going and now they're floundering, but Oh my God, they're going to do arcade anarchy. And then they're really fun, but then they're going to come down. Eventually we got to pull the trigger, right? Young bucks, best friends, best friends get the victory. We got to go with that in my opinion, but death triangle, not a bad second place for a feud. After the match, we go backstage and Jr. is sitting with the Pinnacle, who's sitting down like it's a 1990s boy band. That was interesting. And essentially, MJF takes over this interview. We don't hear from Sean Spears. We don't hear from FTR. We do hear from Wardlow, who, when given the opportunity, knocked it out of the park. But MJF just cuts down Jericho right, left and center. This was awesome. What did you think? I liked all of this, and Wardlow's part was my favorite because he – that was the exact thing I noticed when Chris Jericho was doing that promo from the week prior was he flubbed up saying what he said, like a million-dollar brain. Yeah, and know, a 13-cent body, body Which is supposed to be the other way around. And he was like, oh, but you flubbed that, right? Because as soon as you start saying Wardlow out of your mouth, you knew you were doing something wrong. That was a great line. Um, and then just MJF. You know, with the whole scarf thing, just getting a replacement scarf that looks exactly the same, uh, but it's a summer weight one. It's God, a summer he's one. Great. He's yeah, great. it's a summer yeah. weight scarf, as mm-hmm. as you should. Yeah. You know, you got you got to cycle those th- things through. So you know, credit yeah, to him. That was good stuff. Uh, but this was really good. I, I I like hearing from MJF, and obviously, everyone in the group, MJF is your promo guy, a hundred percent. However, and the inner circle. Uh, touched on this when they gave their retort, but I'd like to hear from Sean Spears. I'd like to hear from FTR. Uh, I understand right now the feud is centered around MJF screwing over the inner circle. And so that's really the feud. It just happens to be that we need some warm bodies MJF to make it a fair fight, mm-hmm. but still give me some reason. Why, why is Sean Spears in this group? What made him disappear to then reemerge in this group? Why is Sean Spears? 
Why is Sean Spears? I can tell you one thing from uh, the promo from Chris Jericho that affected the pinnacle, though. Uh, no longer blonde, straight hair Sean Spears. Went back to the dark hair because, uh, as Chris Jericho says, uh, that's not something that gets over, a blonde mohawk. Right. So Sean Spears listened. After we got the pinnacle interview, we went right into an AEW women's heavyweight or i guess not heavyweight what is it it's just a women's championship women's match. world championship yeah they, i guess they don't have weight classes which is interesting to think about i just thought about that anyhow uh, AEW women's world championship match hikaru shida which now look i'm getting it huh first time i'm so scared to even say her name versus tay conti babyface versus babyface here tay conti ends up on the losing end in this matchup hikaru shida retains her championship uh what did you think of this I, I was, I don't want to say it was like surprised, like, oh my God, I can't believe they pulled this off. I mean, I knew these were good talent. Um, I just thought, you know, given there hasn't been a whole lot of women's performances lately, or even a whole lot of men's for that matter, but where, you know, it's a standard weekly show where you go, this was a damn great match, right? Um, and these two, I didn't necessarily think this was going to be it, I guess. I just didn't know how often maybe they'd work together, things of that nature. And I, I, couldn't look away from this match. I thought it was fun. I thought it was awesome. I really did. I thought it was interesting, the false finishes, because mm -hmm. this could have easily been the time where we pull the trigger on Tay Conti, strap a rocket to her ass and shoot her to the moon, and we're going now with Team Tay Conti as our top babyface in the division. Would not have shocked me if she would have won this match, and that's why I fell for the false finishes. On the other side of that, though, Hikaru Shida did great, and this is another stellar performance. She's had great matches with uh, Nyla Rose. She had that great match of the last pay-per-view against the tournament winner, uh, who I can't remember her name. And again, we don't fact check, so you go look it up. Um, it was awesome there as well. But I'm I'm needing one more thing from Shida. So Shida gets the victory. Tay Conti, in a losing effort, you know, takes her lumps and bows and, you know, is a good loser, shakes her hand, I believe, and then, you know, exit stage left Britt baker walks out and says guess what bitch that makes me number one which was interesting i didn't know you could just do that that was fascinating it's pro wrestling time you can do whatever the fuck you want i guess so there's no rules however going back to my point about this guy asked about the shooting, rules. hey there's a book about it didn't we interview that guy there's a we rules did. there is a book yeah. of rules yeah well I don't see that book around, so. That's true. I don't know if that book really sold too well. Anyhow. <laughs> Even with our plug. Show. Even yeah. with our plug. Speaking of plugs, go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Check out the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash SpanishAnnounceTube. I'm hoping you're checking out the YouTube channel right now by watching our pretty faces. Look, Tom's over there taking a drink of water. Uh, so, you know, the, it gets an interesting night when you can see what we're doing over here in the Spanish Announce Table studios. There's a whole lot of other links like how you can donate, how you can buy merch at SpanishAnnounceTable.net. But, Tom, back to this. Yeah, so Hikaru Shida, I think I need her to make a new chapter in her character. She's doing great. I like her now as the champion. She's established that she is a strong champion. This is obviously is not going to be a transitional champion. As they mentioned in the uh, broadcast, she is a pandemic era champion. So mm. she's wanting to like get the, you know, applause from the thousands of fans in, in, att in attendance. Thousands. Well, you know, because they're not going to. <laughs> right, of millions, course. They're not, you know here, right, yeah. um, they're not doing WrestleMania here. Yeah, they're not doing WrestleMania. Come on now, pal. Uh but I just need 
I need something else because strong performances and a, you know, samurai spirit was great to get you the belt, but I need, what's the second step, right? Is it now you're a paranoid champion? Is it no one can touch me? Like, you know, Oscar light where it's like, no one's ready for Sheeta kind of stuff, you know? I just need that second iteration of what she is as a champion. Uh, in your meditation, right? Uh, mm. You're experiencing your calm. Mm -hmm. uh, was samurai performances and a samurai spirit a phrase that you often like try to repeat to yourself? You seem to come with that right away. Like you had that one dialed up. Like it's a life ethos. Strong performances and a samurai spirit. I learned that from the great samurai Tom Cruise in <laughs> The Last Samurai. <laughs> Uh, he was the last one, so there could be no He was the last one, one so that's why I, I had from. to go ask him. Right. Yeah. So, uh, as we mentioned, Britt Baker points up at the screen. She says, hey, I'm number one. WrestleMania. Oh, no, wrong. Wrong. Sorry, wrong pointing. Wrong pointing. God We're not there wrong, yet. We just wrong. passed God, it. We're coming shit. back to it, though. All right, okay. I always uh, get that messed up. But this made me think about something. So, she just pointed and said, hey, uh, now I'm number one contender. And we don't know that. And now that makes me think, is she even a doctor? Do we know that she's a doctor? Is she a doctor like Dr. Pepper? Or is she a doctor like a she's real like doctor? A chiropractor. Yeah. Or is she like Dr. Right. J? Yeah. You know? No offense to any chiropractors uh, in the audience right out there in the table nation. We love you. Got a bad back. Come over, you know, do your yeah. thing. Do Pop your my thing. neck. But yeah, I'm not doctor. sure. I mean, I've not seen the certificate or the license uh, myself, but um, you can go ask Adam Colt, baby, if uh, he could show it to you, see what he says. I don't know. It just makes me start to think that if Britt Baker's just going around here self-anointing herself these titles, maybe the doctor thing isn't real. Self-anointing herself. Isn't that something? I, I always self-anoint myself. You know what I'm talking about? Hey. Yeah. That was your nickname in high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Self-anointing uh, self. Uh, but I'm excited, and I think, it, look, if they didn't do it here with Tay Conti, I think Britt Baker's the next champ. You would think so. Something has to happen. Again, maybe this is where we flip the roles, WrestleMania 13 style, and Britt Baker goes babyface, Sheeta goes heel in a match where Sheeta retains, and now we got babyface Britt Baker still chasing the champion. Something there. But, again, I like where we're going. I just need Sheeta to do the next thing in her character evolution. Something. After this, though, we did get a quick promo from Miro. Miro says he hates the Kip Sabian business. I'm out of it. I'm a psychopath. I'm going to fucking run through this roster. I need championships. I don't care if it's Kip or not Kip Sabian. I don't care if it's Darby Allen. I don't care if it's Kenny Omega. One of these white guys is going to fucking lose to Miro and he's going to kill someone. And so that's fun. That is fun. I mean, I'm all for watching a, a white guy die at the hands of Miro. That could be interesting. Yeah. I tell you what, one thing about AEW that you can count on is a white guy champion. Cause that's all they've had uh anyhow hey, then we hey, get hey they gave a black guy a brass ring they did do that credit to them for giving a black guy a brass ring for one week now we get tony shivani in the ring interviewing the inner circle this is then where chris jericho says hey we're more than just me check out the other guys and santana grabs the microphone and Stone Cold Killer doesn't change his facial expression, doesn't change the inflection of his voice. Maybe he was using the call map before he did this promo, but it was 
deadly. He came across like he would be the type that would live stream your dismemberment uh, for a fee, right? Like, just... Oh, he seems like the type of guy that would torture you and then watch the video as he eats dinner. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he watches yeah. instead of wheel of fortune. Well, and he's he did it while he was you. eating lunch. And then while he's watching dinner, he's watching back the tape as, as like it's tape study. even. Psychopath. Yeah. Uh, but the opposite- Oh, it was amazing. First of all, it <laughs> made me be like, man, I'm ready for his single run. I'm ready to yeah. watch that guy right. do his thing. He was so vicious and God, this is where, Santana Ortiz, Pride and Power for LAX, whatever we're going to call him, needs to be something here. As soon as this inner circle thing is done, I, I'm assuming Pinnacle wins this battle and the inner circle eventually kind of spreads off and does their own thing as their time may have come and gone. I'm excited for their run in a tag team role. I am too. I I was so happy when they debuted, uh, I believe, on All Out when they had the presidential mask and they took it off after they, I think they beat up the Young Bucks. That got me excited. They, uh, again, that street fight that they had with the best friends is an all-time classic in my book. I don't know how you feel, but I love that match. I like that match uh, a lot. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for them to go from being Jericho's buddy to where the fucking shit. Check us out. We'll make you bleed your own blood. Oh, I now, would love it too if like they stick it to Jericho as a way to like be off and then like just leave him a bloody mess. We don't see him for a while because he's going to go do Dancing with the Stars 17 or whatever. Yeah, wouldn't hate it. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, who fucking shit the bed in this promo, Jake Hager. The fuck, man? Dude, he's Just... bad. God, he's so bad. You, you use Jake Hager for one-liners, right? One little, you know what I mean? He hits it, he quits, he's done. But two sentences, God, that's, that's, um, that was a bad, bad, bad idea. Yeah, you know, uh, the best thing he's done so far in his entire career was just stare at Wardlow. So maybe that should be what you guys need to do more of is just have him stare at other people. He drug Hangman across the bar. He did do that. That's true. That's true. I don't remember anything that he did in WWE. Um, I know he won Money in the Bank, but that didn't mean it was good. He won some titles there, but that's... That doesn't mean it was good. I'm saying the best things he's done is drag Hangman across... Was that the last we saw of Jim Ross? Was that his last talent relations grab? And and Vince McMahon was like, you've lost it. Yeah. All right, pal. You went from The Rock to this guy? Uh, We're going to relieve you of your duties. Yeah, you know, you were in on the Kurt Angle, and then this fucking guy. (laughs) This guy. Okay. Next, where's Johnny Laurinaitis with his fucking dumbass voice? Where's Mark Carano? Oh, more on that later. Oh, more on that later. So let's get back to Dynamite. Uh, The next matchup that we saw was Billy Gunn at 57 years old, looking better than his fucking kids, taking on the fucking Sopranos bowler, Cutie Marshall. Yeah. Yes. Quality time, Marshall. Our best friend. This is his favorite podcast. Hey, Um, pal. I was rooting for for him. I was rooting for him so hard. Cutie Marshall. Love that guy. Um, Yeah. this was fun though right i mean i like it look i think all jokes aside i think what they're doing with cutie is they're trying to into a sopranos like mob boss with anthony agogo and the other guys yeah uh (laughs) so well yes uh, uh, the the whole nick camarado uh aspect of that too with that brutal straight up head chair shot i mean it was a wooden chair but um, yes, I like this. He's kind of directing, calling the shots. They're his goons. Mm-hmm. D- of course, again, this is infinitely more interesting than anything 
that we were seeing out of this nightmare family at all. So this factory thing is I'm I'm here for. It. I think yeah down the stairs. I so think so. Credit to him for uh, making it through that. Doing it with I'm no not sound. Yeah, doing yeah. it with no. Yeah, didn't yeah. even say it. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> it's the call map. Yeah, it's the Tim, call. I'm telling you, the call map. Man, we should get royalties for this. It's, it's yes. proving. Look, even the dog doesn't care when it breaks its leg falling down a stairs. Yeah, Imagine calm. you too could be calm. Yeah, call us up. We need some sponsorship money. Uh, what I like about this, and this is going to a bigger point here, uh, and then we'll get back on track with uh, Dynamite. But one thing that I've been hearing and seeing from the IWC about AEW is too many factions, too many factions. My point is always like, Hey, pro wrestlers should have friends. But even that aside, what a faction warfare does is it makes cutie versus Billy intriguing. Cause now it's exactly. nightmare family versus the factory. And there's more stories we can tell. Cause post-match we got Anthony, a giving a, how's your father to Billy Gunn. We had, that is exactly what a how's your father is, right? He that is, a, how's yeah. your father? That is the definition. We had Dustin Rhodes who forgot to paint the race, rest of his face running out there looking like a, like a sideshow. You would think it would be the other way around. Like he forgot he had a mask on, so he painted the top of his face and he comes out and he's like, oh, snap. But no, he did it the other way around. Uh, yeah, wrong. That, just wrong. That, I don't know what he did there. That was just wrong. I don't know. That face paint was roof. That was where Vince needs to be in there and says, hey, pal, you ain't walking hey, out on TV like that. Yeah. Finish your face. Yeah, something. Hey, uh, look, I told you, you got to cover all of that fucking thing. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, then it goes into Dustin giving the, the chair shot to Nick Camarado. Uh, where, where are we going from here? I know we're still going to continue the, the faction warfare, but what's your thoughts so on that's this? That's what I've said. My worry is with this. And and the, the Young Bucks even did, I think in an interview, talked about this where they said it's, it's the way they did booking over there. It's a way to get more people on screen and that they think, you know, uh, American fans will adapt to it. And this is not something new to some of us older fans. We saw this faction warfare explode back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I think it makes things more interesting how the thing you have to curb is this. When you're running out of ideas, the idea is, okay, well, then in the middle of the match, we're going to send out wrestler C from stable B and they're mm-hmm. going to attack. And it's like, you did that three weeks in a row now. And it's not different just because it was a different guy this time. Right. It's just a melee that ensues because you're cheating. I, I, they need to go hire folks from like the challenge and big brother on the writing teams. Right. Uh, I know AW doesn't do like a writing team. So I, they may have a different story, but if you're going to run things like this, that's who your writer should be. And I know you, those are reality television, but go hire the writers and you bring a few of them over because that's the stuff that they need. They need that like alliances are being made, but somebody's double crossing. And then, hey, we need to cut bait on, you know what I mean, on this person. And that's the stuff that you slow roll and you play on and make it interesting. This, you know, fine. Now everybody's mad at each other, but weren't you guys already mad at each other? So like, I don't know what to think about it. Yeah, and I know that we're still in the early stages of this, right? Nick Camarado, uh, as we just mentioned, hasn't had a match in the factory, like a part of the factory. So we got to get him in there. Aaron said a word, I don't think. Right, Aaron Solo, he also needs to get a match in the factory faction. And I'm playing a little bit of like the fast forward game with this faction because I do enjoy them. Again, um, quality time Marshall, think he's fine. Uh, Think, you know 
again, really help you get that 300 so we can get you in a new outfit. But until then, you keep bowling those bowls. Um, but I'm already looking forward to Anthony Agogo. Or just, did he just get off, like, was he having practice with his, like, ska band? Is that maybe what he was doing? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that – Yeah, know? or he just got a, just got a new uh, muffler on his, uh, you know, uh, Model T restoration car yeah. from the 1950s. yeah. yeah. Playing at a barbecue with his with his cousins and stuff over the weekend. Looks like it. Maybe yeah. he's smoking a cigar at a men's only, you know, gentlemen's club. Yeah. yeah. He looks like a lot of things. But what he yeah. looks like to me is a guy that's about to get his ass whooped by Anthony Agogo. Because Anthony Agogo in this faction is where the money is. I don't think that Nick Camarado's bad. I don't know really anything about Aaron Solo. He hasn't done anything, which, hey, it's still new. And again, as I mentioned, I'm playing a little bit of fast forward here, but let's just get Anthony a go go. A go go star. Yeah, a go go. Yeah, yeah, he needs he he can cut a promo. I don't know how he can do his wrestling uh, with the wrestling match because he's only done one. And it was a how your how's your father? He did another how's your father? So maybe playing the hits a little bit too much early on in his career. Again, I'm maybe being too much it's an of a impactful critic. hit. And he's a he's a medalist in the Olympics in boxing. So. Yeah. It Big Show it ran fits. with a punch for a long time, and we actually have maybe, footage. Maybe of that's just real... giving him this advice. He's like, "Let me tell you, you just hit him. <laughs> you just hit him with a punch, man. Fucking well, and it fits, else. right? He's a boxer that went to the Olympics, who oh, medaled yeah, anybody, in the Olympics. If yeah, so if anyone's going to do the yeah. punch, if anybody's going to drop you with one punch, it better be Anthony Agogo. Yeah, so I, I just think though, the America sucks. I'm better than this. Not King Booker like, but flirting with that kind of a character. But Let's just temporarily suave dressed, right? Mm-hmm. Like looks yep. like he would be every head would turn if he walked in the club. Looks like he's got money, right? Like he's 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 the shit. He's every guy wants to be him, every girl wants to be with him, right? If I can borrow an old, you know, bleh line, right? Like from the, you know, whatever the old the boomer line, right? Um, but mm-hmm. it works, right? That's that's what he has. He's got the swagger and I'm here for it. Yeah. He outshines everybody already. There's more time and we'll see if Maybe that bothers Quad Track Marshall, and that's what I'm saying. So if you get the writers from like the, the shows that I mentioned, they're going to know how to do that. Like QT Marshall's going to be like, okay, one of the laws of power is never outshine the master, right? So that you know, what I mean, that's the story you tell, right? The the dissension within eventually. Oh yeah, and then QuickTime Marshall can do his editing on QuickTime to make sure that Anthony Agogo isn't really getting featured in promo packages. He's got the skills. Yes, and it's quick time. Then you can make some extra, like some little royalty money, right? Some little. Right? I'll tell you what, we got that made for you there. Quick time, Sponsor just hit money. us up. Sponsor time, cutie. Yeah. All right. After this, we got the most confusing segment of the week. This I I alluded to this before we were in AEW. I'm sure in WWE there was some head scratchers, but okay in a or in wwe there was a lot of like this is dumb as fuck who yeah. greenlit this why are we fucking doing this but yeah no, this is not this what mean, right? yeah this was just like uh what and what we're getting here is the elite and their own private trailer with don Callis. they're doing the interview they're just being the biggest douchebags they can be which isn't that hard for them and then we get to Kenny Omega, and he's trying to put over that he's going to beat Rich Swan and the Impact pay-per-view. But every time he's trying to get his one-liners out, he keeps hearing a honk. Honk, 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 honk. Finally, they look out the, the window. 
What the hell? It's a truck. The truck is being driven by John Moxley, passenger Eddie Kingston. And these guys say, fuck the elite. Up and go right into this trailer full speed. John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, get out of the truck, go around the corner. John Moxley just busts out a window. Yeah. Way, just for fun. Just, just fuck get that window. <laughs> fuck that shit. And then they get into the trailer and the elite are missing. What? Yeah, that one bugged me because like it's it can't be that the elite tricked them into thinking they were in the trailer because we heard the honks. So and they were in they a heard trailer. The right? They yeah. heard the honks. They were in a trailer. So if there wasn't a trailer right by, that means they had to run out as soon as they realized. But like it, the only window of time is from when they looked out the window. And then that car, like the moment we saw, the same amount of time we saw, which would not have been enough time to like really clear out. They would have seen them running away. So, yeah, that one's a head scratcher. I don't know where they're going with that one. But I loved Kingston and Moxley's performance of it. Oh, they were amazing. Everything about it was stellar, in my opinion, until the payoff. There was no payoff. And that's what the head scratching moment was. Because to your point, if – you know, when, when the camera goes from the trailer to the truck, if we hear footsteps running and the elite gets out of the trailer, John Moxley still runs his truck into their trailer. And then it's the five on two beat down, whatever. And then, you know, security comes in and they all do a pull apart. All right. But if you disappear, that doesn't make any sense. Cause then were you in a trailer off site, but then you heard the honks and, and, and so it just didn't make any sense. Now, this is the second time they've done this, too. If you recall, Shaq goes through the table. Mm. Cody puts him through the table. They do the, the stretcher gimmick. And then Shaq goes, ha-ha, I'm disappeared. And we never heard anything else ever again about and, that. Yeah. Never. And so it was fine to do with Shaq because, again, that's like, a, hey, we got to make him kind of look strong, even though he went through a table, all of that. He disappeared. When will he come back? Ooh, fun. But this is a little different where like next week or even, you know, uh, at the impact pay-per-view, the good brothers and Kenny Omega are in action. So we're going to see them again. So the payoff of this segment was, but Kenny Omega, or excuse me, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Awesome. Uh, John Moxley having to stop Kenny, uh, Eddie Kingston from robbing him because apparently he's going to take the shoes and Eddie Kingston was like, what man? Hey, I called that. You, can, you did. I, I called that earlier in the day. I was like, they're gonna. We said they were gonna stab him, and then he was gonna try to rob him. And Moxie was like, mm -hmm. "Dude, come on! We only came here to stab him, not rob him. Focus." And that's kind of exactly what happened, minus mm -hmm. the stabbing. Well, it was we're gonna, we're here to beat them up. We're not here to take their things. And you know, that's almost exactly like what you said. Yeah. So again, not a great payoff, but hey. For the, the track record AEW has, I'm going to forgive it for right now, but let's not do that again. Let's not do the mysterious thing unless it's with the Dr. Luther or some mysterious Undertaker-like gimmick that you're going to do. But just normal guys disappearing doesn't I make sense. I still want to know what happened to Shaq. Because we've yeah. seen Shaq. We know Shaq's alive. Yeah, has he even addressed that? Like, oh, guess what? I magically, Pulled you know, the switcheroo evaporate. on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Biggest ninja you've ever seen. <laughs> After the match, or excuse me, after the promo, we get into another match. It's Powerhouse Hobbs taking on Christian Cage. What did you think of this matchup? Um, I mean, you know, 
Powerhouse Hobbs isn't known for his wrestling prowess, but I think they use that well here, right? Like he was just a monster. I like the the swing and a miss on like the lariat and then Christian ducks and comes back up and he just hits him right again in the back of the head and then he's just grinning ear to ear. That was I rewatched that probably seven times. That was vicious. I like the visual of Powerhouse Hobbs pulling uh Christian's head into the guardrail and Christian's head is just being manipulated in 15 different ways. I thought that was interesting uh and I liked how they did that spot where I'm getting a little bit okay but i don't know if i want this each and every week and i understand his gimmick is out work everyone everyone (laughs) but it's outwork everyone i don't know if i want to see christian each and every week i don't want this to be christian runs through team taz and then christian runs through the pinnacle and then christian runs through the elite to finally get to Kenny Omega. I'm not interested in that story. I don't know what I'm interested in with Christian cage. I like him. I still really fascinating, but just the, I win matches guy. I don't know if we're, I don't know if I want that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I I agree with you that like, I'm glad Christian is there, especially if he's this genius that everybody said and we'll see him and he can do cool things. But yeah, if we're running with Moxley or uh, and Kingston going after the elite, and then you know Hangman's the number one contender, and there's just not room in the upper level, then you'd have to go to this TNT thing, right? And I don't know if I want to see Christian Darby Allen right away. I mean, that would probably be a good match. Mm-hmm. But again, if Christian's winning that, is he winning the title? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how yeah, I feel I, about all that. I don't. Yeah, I just I don't I see. Again, I'm predicting here. I'm doing a little fast forward booking. I I see that they're going to go with the, and then next week he takes out Scorpio Sky, and then after that he takes out Jungle Boy, and then it doesn't even matter who he's wrestling. The gimmick is I beat everyone, and uh, I'm not into that. But we'll see where it goes. Powerhouse Hobbs uh, did look good. It wasn't as if Christian just ran through him and made this a extended squash match. So credit to to both Christian and Powerhouse Hobbs for doing the innovative spots. Uh, but Christian gets the victory. And then after that, we will go right into a quick promo from Jade Cargill, who says every manager wants me. And you get Matt Hardy and Vicky Guerrero saying like, yeah, we would love her on our team. And then she's like, I'm on bitch. Fuck you. And so, okay. <laughs> I don't know why we had to be told that, but she's her own woman. Good. Female empowerment. Right. All, all for it. Um, and that was that. And now let's get into the main event. The AEW champion Darby Allen taking on Jungle Boy with Luchasaurus. Darby Allen, of course, has his father Sting ringside. Uh, and this was fun. What yeah. did you think? Uh, this was this saved the night, you know, as far as like a being just an average into being a good night, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was this match. And Jungle Boy is impressive. Now we'll save that because we've got to tweak the table on it so we won't dive too deep into what I want to know from you about, you know, some of your thoughts on okay. Jungle Boy. But obviously we can discuss this match here was uh he impresses me every time and with Darby Allen uh keeps he keeps putting in performance after performance after performance of just like, wow, this guy's got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even if you're not into the gimmick, right? Even if you're not into the emo, I'm gonna ride my skateboard into the sunset. 
even if you don't like that, when you're watching the match, you're going, well, son of a bitch, I kind of like this little bastard. And what I liked about this main event wasn't even necessarily the outcome, which Darby Allen ends up retaining his championship. But what I just loved about this, and I even I wrote this on our Twitter at Table Show when I was live tweeting, which you can join the conversation at each and every Wednesday night as we live tweet during AEW Dynamite, was that I can visually tell what I'm watching. And what I mean by that is the main event was a boy with his dinosaur challenging emo skater champion for a championship that represents the network that I'm watching. Like that's wrestling, man, that wrestling, that is what I love so much. It's not, Hey, I'm kind of the character that I'm fighting. I miss taking on Dolph Ziggler. Like that same kind of guy where I'm Bobby Roode taking on uh, Baron Corbin, kind of the same guy, even though one guy just wears a crown. Like this is distinct character fighting for a championship that makes sense on why we have it. And it's the main event. Yeah. Oh, it was like, I just want to get on a mountaintop and yell to all the casuals, like fucking watch AEW. <laughs> like this is awesome. Yeah, I enjoy AEW a lot. I think, and it's and it's for things like that. There are distinct, unique things going on. Each thing that we've talked about here has a different angle and an avenue and a thing. Now we've talked. We said they, hey, you did this, you did that, but there's no like two storylines that we can say this is a 100% carbon copy. The same. They're trying different things. They're throwing stuff up. There's uniqueness. There are distinct characters. I think I saw on Dark they got a Boy Scout leader yeah. going out there. What you know? the fuck yeah. is that? But it's for someone. You know right. what I mean? To to like in the in the history of, of WWE, we can pull pull out these you know unique characters, right? The Spirit Squad. I love the Spirit Squad. You know why? Because I fucking knew what they were. I like I can look at them and I know what they are. My biggest gripe yep. with just and even this is a little bit of independent pro wrestling too, but more WWE, but also independent seem uh, included here is that everyone's kind of the same fucking thing. Now on the independent scene, the ones who stand out are the Dan Housens or the war horse, you know, those type of guys. And that's why they're elevated to the top. But what AEW is doing such a good job of is Eddie Kingston is nothing like Darby Allen, who's nothing like Lance Archer, who's nothing like Christian Cage. Like those are all polar opposite people. Now they can have uh, desires of being the champion and things like that that are similar. That makes sense why they're in this world. But visually and telling casuals what I'm watching, I can distinctly show or tell you what I'm what I'm into. Mm-hmm. And that's what I liked so much about this main event is it just represented like, yep, right here. This is it. And so let's get into the match a little bit. Uh, Darby Allen does the coffin drop from the, the, the outsider from the apron uh, spills out sting then, or excuse me, Luchasaurus uh, helps jungle boy get to his feet after the big spot to get in before 10 and the commentators even say to a certain extent, like, hey, Luchasaurus kind of helping out Jungle Boy in there. Don't know if that was fair. And Sting, maybe he's listening to the commentators, uh, says like, yeah, hey, Luchasaurus, the fuck? Huh? Dinosaur? And so then these two just fight like, you know, two action figures that you randomly got together 
just started tussling with because uh, it was sloppy and it was fun. But Luchasaurus and Sting fight. And then we get some scuffling and Darby Allen uh, gets the, the like surfboard lock or I don't even remember what it was, but he gets like, oh, it's called the, the um, Last Supper. Is that what it's called? It was like a tangle your feet up pinya. Cool. I like it. Darby right, Allen gets the yeah. victory. I don't know what the fuck it was called. I think it's called Last Supper, though. Uh, but post-match, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page just go like, this is our time. His father's fighting a dinosaur. We're going to kick Darby Allen's ass. And they go in there, and they start putting the boots to him. And out of the blue comes Lance Archer to make the save. What did you think of that? I don't know what we're doing with Lance Archer. So they're doing a weird thing with Lance Archer Sting, and it's kind of this like, hey, I think he's trying to convince Sting, I want you, but like, I'm going to protect you until we get there because I want you at like, you know what I mean, the best you can be. Um, well, that you know. makes sense. However, like in this in this uh, moment that, that we're talking about, it was Darby Allen who's getting his ass kicked, and Lance Archer saves Darby Allen. Now then Sting comes out with this baseball bat, and Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky do their little flexing and like, ah, ha, ha, go fuck yourself. Uh, we're out of here. But I just didn't understand why Lance Archer saved Darby Allen, even though I think we're doing Lance Archer Sting, but maybe we're doing Lance Archer Darby Allen. I don't know what the fuck's happening. I'm a little intrigued. I'm a little confused. But that was the end of AEW Dynamite. <laughs> I liked it. It was a good show. It, it generally, uh, you know, delivers, and I think it delivered here. It was. It wasn't an all-time great or anything, but I thought it was good stuff. I didn't think it was an all-time great either. However, I enjoyed that they put a lot of stock after a huge rating, and I don't like to talk about ratings, but it is what it is. The previous week was one of their all-time highs, if not the highest-rated AEW Dynamite. So off of the heels of that episode, instead of just going, you know what we're going to do? Here's Cody and Kenny and John Moxley all in action, and here's, you know, Big Show or Paul White, we're calling him. He's going to be in the ring. You know what I mean? We're not just going with all our old names. They said, hey, thanks, everyone, for watching. Let me tell you what we have in store for you in the future. We got this guy named Jungle Boy. We got Ricky Starks. We got Hangman Adam Page. Like, we got a mid-card that can also put on a two-hour show. And I thought that was really cool about this episode is it wasn't Cody in action and followed by Shaq and Kenny Omega taking on, you know, Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho. It was mid-card guys that are going to be the future of this company in a big time spot after a huge rating. Well, then we will switch it up. We will hit the other flip side of this coin. And that is the WWE NXT world. Now we record on Thursdays. Uh, typically it is Friday night. We had to push an evening. And so SmackDown is happening now. I don't even remember what happened SmackDown about a week ago. So I didn't put that in my notes unless you got something. If you watched it or anything, if anything stuck out or you heard anything big off of the SmackDown I don't know what's going on over there as much. SmackDown. What happened in SmackDown world? Mm -hmm. Well, we had Cesaro kind of give a face-off yep. with right. uh, Roman Reigns. We got a match of Cesaro versus Jey Uso because apparently he's like the underboss before you get to the big boss of Roman Reigns, which is fine. Uh, but before we even got Roman Reigns-Cesaro, Seth Rollins said, you ain't forgetting about the drip god. 
I'm the fucking man here. Yeah, and actually, there is a key moment to SmackDown that we haven't talked about that we will talk about and tweet the table, so I'm not even going to bring it up now. I'm going to let you marinate on what it might be. Ooh, um, so what I do know is on Raw, Orton seems to be injured. I don't know what you think about that. Hmm? So what I liked is that uh, Matt Dude, Riddle, I'm like calling him Matt yeah. Riddle. <laughs> I like that Matt Riddle got the victory. Right. I don't know about the Randy Orton injury, how, you know, it could have been a stinger, you know, not sting, but it could have been a, a, a temporary injury that then he recovers from because it wasn't necessarily too serious. Uh, but I like that Matt Riddle got a victory. Now, I like that. However. But I like where they were going. I like that he was like, he, he's like talking to him, doing his whole Riddle spiel, and Randy Orton's just like, fuck, and walks off. And the next thing, he's, he's like, give me that motherfucker. I'm going to beat his ass. Show him some fucking respect. And that's what he was doing in the ring. He's like, just fucking, you know, you're going to fucking respect me. I like that. But if he can't I like continue. It, but I, well, I just don't know. Matt Riddle is a fascinating character in WWE because he is the definition of why WWE fucking is terrible. <laughs> and what I mean by that is Matt Riddle will give you a five-star classic with Sheamus, with Drew McIntyre, with Bobby Lashley. You know, with Keith Lee, any fucking guy you want to put him in there with, he's going to give you a match that's going to be entertaining. But when you talk about the character of Matt Riddle, I don't know what the fuck to think because he gets his ass beat by Sheamus. Then the next night, Bobby Lashley essentially squashes him and then he beats Randy Orton. What in the fuck yeah, is I don't that? Get it. I don't get it's, it either. It's just this nonsense. It feels all well. This right now makes sense. I think I'm on a caffeine high. When I feel like I'm on a caffeine high, I like Matt Riddle. But then when I come down from the caffeine high, I don't like Matt Riddle. So then we got to have him lose because he doesn't wear shoes. People should wear shoes when they wrestle. And then he's going to lose. And then, but you know what? He, he He's pot. And pot's cool. So let's have him win again. And so it's pot just is like, cool. I just don't know what the fuck Matt Riddle is in this world. It's not real, kids. If you're listening. Anybody, any kids watching? Pot's not cool. Stay in school. Uh, adults, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm hey, saying. Hey. You know what I'm saying. So, yeah, this, Matt Riddle to me just doesn't make sense. Again, I love Matt Riddle. I've met Matt Riddle. I worked his last MMA fight here in Kansas City when he fought for Titan. I've known I've known of him for years. A big fan of him uh, when he was on that four-fight win streak in the UFC, and then Dana White just fires him because he's a fucking prick. Uh, but Matt Riddle – has always been great in my book. Uh, but this character, I just, I don't, I don't know what the fucking to, I agree with to that. think. I agree with that. Well, here's something else I don't know what to think about. They get Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman, who I still don't understand why he's dressed like a Marine who's working in like a, a mechanic shop and doesn't have his top on, but he's got gloves on. Like, I, I don't know what any of that is about. He's not a military guy, so I don't know what the fuck that's about. Um, and But they're taking on Mason T-Bar, formerly of Revolution. And now we get this idea to, like, rip their masks off, right? Which is great. It's fine. If we're going to move on retribution. from these guys, right? Yeah, what did I say? Uh, revolution. Oh, yeah, retribution. retribution whatever. Yeah, fuck whatever. it. Yeah, yeah. It's all yeah. dumb. And so... <laughs> It was all dumb. It's all been fucking dumb from the beginning. There's never been a goddamn forward-thinking plan for any of it, and that's why it fucking failed. That's why it completely failed. I think Mustafa Ali was probably a great fucking guy to lead an organization like that if you had a fucking plan for it, right? Like, it just, but whatever. So that's gone, but we got Mason T-Bar, and we're going to go with Mason T-Bar. It seems they're going to be a team of some big dudes fucking shit up, right? So we ripped their masks off. 
And they're like, oh my God, this is the first look we get at Mason T-Bar. But here's where I really have a problem with this WWE NXT bubble. Mm-hmm. This isn't guys that came over from fucking AW and we go, oh, I know that's, you know, this is like, I knew this was AJ Styles, but we're going to call him something else because, yeah, I get it. You had these guys, you had Dio Madden, is that his fucking name? You had him commentating the very fucking show we're on as a fucking commentator under the name Dio Madden. You had Dominic Dijakovic at your fucking NXT event that you advertised on this fucking show against Keith Lee, who you brought up as Keith Lee. So we know who the fuck these people are. Even in the kayfabe world, I know who those fucking people are. So why wouldn't you be like, oh my God, it's been Dio Madden and Dominic Dijakovic the whole time? And then have them be like, fuck that, that's not our names. If you want it to be Mason T-Bar, but like, you, like, you, mm-hmm. you, I, 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 we know who these fucking people are. We know who these fucking people are, but you're like, this is the first look we've had at him. Motherfucker, no, it's not. <laughs> like, he was your colleague, you asshole. He was sitting right next to you. Anyway, whatever. And this segment, he saved you from a beat. No, that was jo- who did he save from a beatdown by Brock Lesnar? Yeah, Dio Madden. Was it Cole? Know. Yeah. Sure. Brock Lesnar went over there to talk shit to somebody. Dio Madden stepped up. He got his ass kicked, and we didn't see him again until now. <laughs> now we see him. Whatever. And this just, and this uh, segment is sponsored by Calm. Calm. Breathe in. Breathe out. Focus on the breath. I'm calm. I'm I'm good. I breathed. I breathed. Yeah, so but we fucking saw these guys. <laughs> that's the thing. That is a hundred percent the thing. And I a million percent agree with you. Is yeah, if this was MJF coming over to WWE and we're gonna call him JD fucking stick, okay. Like it's JD fucking stick. Oh my God, I've never seen JD fucking stick. Right? But in the kayfabe world, yeah. The the one guy called the show that he's on, and the other guy was advertised as a guy that you should be watching and on again, NXT. We brought up Seth Rollins as Seth Rollins. We brought up Keith Lee as Keith Lee. We brought up like, and, and they, Keith Lee and him, had a notable, notable feud. That you fucking advertised for, like, one of the, wasn't that like a SummerSlam deal or some shit? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that, god mm-hmm. damn it. Guys, fuck off. Like, now, <laughs> if they do not come out and do what I said and be like, we are not those people. Okay. We are th- but, like, they should have, like, they should have acknowledged that then because, like, I, I know who those people are, even if I only watch your product that you have me watch. I know who they so- are. Now, Dio Madden, I can, I get, you may have forgot, right? He was there for eh. a fucking cup of coffee. Still, you know I mean? he called the show. He called But Michael the Cole show. would have known who the fuck he was. Well, he's not the guy. It's Adnan Burke. Yeah, okay, Remember? that's true. This yeah, it's Adnan Burke. But and who still, else? Fucking uh, Corey Graves. Corey Graves. Byron Saxton. So who one the of them fuck fucking was knows. there? Who was, was the one D- he saved? Tom Phillips. It was, oh, it was Tom Phillips. No, 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 no. It was the guy that's down in uh, NXT, the yeah. Cleveland guy. Uh, you know what I mean? Vic- like, these people fucking know... Yeah, Look at this. Big, I don't even know who's calling Raw. Like, I gave yeah. all the wrong fucking names because no. 
It doesn't even fucking matter. It's just so generic yeah. anymore. No, oh. at the time, yeah, because at the time it was it was this guy, Jerry the King Lawler, and then Vic Joseph. God, what That's a- who it was. That's who it was. If you remember, yeah, it's not good. Ah, yeah. So he saved the king, right? Yeah. The guy yeah. was gonna beat up the king, which made mm-hmm. him be like, "Hey, look, I'm as big as you are." And he right. said, the fuck you are. My dick's yeah. bigger. And he fucking <laughs> gave him the house your father real quick. Yeah. And uh, there we go. And then he became fucking, is he T-Bar but, or is he Mace? Yeah. Uh-huh. Who the fuck but, is who either? <laughs> I don't, God damn it. You guys did a really shitty job of doing any of this. We still don't even know what a T-Bar is. And we're going to go with that over what are their real fucking names, which are fine. They're very unique. And nobody else has them. There's no other Dominic Dijakovic walking around that I know of. There's no other fucking D.O. Madden walking around that I know of. We're going to get yep. some hit, tweet the tables, right? Hey, I'm yeah, fucking like, D.O. Madden. Uh, yeah, no, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but what I – yeah, but even let's, – let's stay in kayfabe. Let's stay in kayfabe. Corey Graves watches Raw and SmackDown, right? Right. When we get he knows the, who these fucking people are. Because when we get to the road to WrestleMania – Everyone's talking about the WrestleMania card. And at WrestleMania on both Raw and SmackDown, they tell you the whole fucking show. Oh my God, we got Roman Reigns, Edge, and Daniel Bryan uh, in this match. And then we got Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. So you know who everyone is. Well, and, and, like, okay, again, also the kayfabe world, okay? The kayfabe world, WWE, guy shows up in a mask, right? But nobody went, hey, has anybody heard from Dominic? Like, he just right. didn't show up to work anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. we know who these fucking people are. Once they enter NXT, they've got to fucking stay that name, I feel like. You have the Performance Center to work that shit out unless you build the name change into the fucking story somehow. Yeah, they won't. I don't know. Anyway, the other big thing that happens is Charlotte gets suspended after beating the hell out of a referee. She's doing her thing. They say she's got to be out for some time. Odd, but right? It was odd. This is odd. It was very odd. Odd for a couple reasons. One, uh, women beating up men. Don't know if we really want to go down that route. Okay. Two, none of the refs fucking helped. Yep. They just yelled. Wasn't Charlotte involved in a domestic abuse case? Against, well, that's against that's not breaking Gunner? kayfabe. Right. Yes. Right. But let's bre- that's breaking kayfabe. Let's just stay in the kayfabe world here for a second. So. Again, women beating up men, men beating up women. Don't know if we want to go down that route, right? So let's stop that. And then also, I understand, and this is not a knock on Charlotte or any of the female talent anywhere, but I understand a ref's hesitation to jump in front of Brock Lesnar or Braun Strowman or Bobby Lashley. I'm not too sure that if they're in that world, that they should be so fucking scared to jump in front of Charlotte. Hey, that's my friend that you're beating up. Yeah. I'm going to jump and shield and this that person. this is not person. a sexist thing. We've talked about Charlotte's athleticism is amazing. Yep. Charlotte's whatever. But, like, I don't think in my personal life that I don't think I couldn't at least get some fucking punches in if I had to fight Charlotte. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, but Brock Lesnar, I'm like, I could swing and he'll eat my fist before it connects. So, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, that's different, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's even a... I'm just talking about a sheer, just straight AJ and Styles. scary. If AJ Styles wanted to fight me, I would be like, okay, fine, whatever. We got to fight. And I'm not like, oh, my God, I got a cower in the corner. 
Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I might, I might like. It's what Joe Rogan said. I'm not worried he's gonna fuck me. I'm worried he's gonna use me as a condom to fuck something bigger. Brock Lesnar's an animal. Yeah, and Charlotte's not an animal. She's an athlete. Yes, but like, I'm not like okay. Even if I think I'm gonna get my ass kicked, I'm not like, oh my god, I've got a cower. Now a ref, I can see is like, no, they could also so. be in trouble if they lay hands like you know they on, a, shield, on a talent, right? but jump. Like, you you can you can restrain. Yeah, you can you're right. Same thing yeah. as like an orderly. Yeah, and, and and that's what I'm getting at. You know, if it's Sammy Guevara, if it's Marco Stunt, if it's uh, Ray Mysterio, if it's even Dominic Mysterio, those are people I would expect referees to be like, hey, no. Yeah, because, because if I'm in a kayfabe world and this is a fighting organization and we're watching sanctioned bouts, that's the referee's fucking job. Yeah. That's what the referee is there to do. Mm-hmm. Stop them from killing the other person. That's their job. And if you're scared of anybody, then what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. So that's two. And then three, I just, that was zero to a hundred real quick. Right? It went from, I'm the opportunity. You bitches better get in line. Hey, I don't like that. I'm not in the main event picture. So I'm going to ruin this match. And then it gets to the next week and uh, the champion cost me the match. So what that means is I'm burning this whole place to the ground. You're about to send me on another calm ass fucking rant, Tom. Let's hear Before it. Before we even got there, the opportunity when you're going after the fucking champs and shit and like people who are already built, it's not like you're fi- like, you're not fighting somebody from NXT and being like that. You get to fight me is the opportunity. You're going for the fucking title. Numb nuts. You're not the opportunity. You're yeah. like I. You're not raising this title level with this. Like they were already the main event of WrestleMania without you. Like it's not. That's not the opportunity. So like I get Charlotte saying that, if it fits into what the storyline you're saying, but not this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand what she's saying, right? If John Cena were to come back Ugh. and say like I don't need to wrestle for titles, I wrestle for legacy. Don't you know who the fuck I am? And again, Charlotte can say that to a certain extent. But not when it's, hey, I want the championship. Well, you can't want the championship, but then also say these bitches. If you want a title opportunity, you're not the opportunity. (laughs) Right. That's where you miss miss me here. Charlotte needs to be calling out Lita or Trish Stratus or the Bellas if she's going to say I'm bigger than the title. Even even an up-and-comer, right? Like somebody who's trying to, who's new on the, you know, um, let's say they bring up, they bring up Shotzi Blackheart. Yeah. And they're like and she's like, I'm the opportunity, you know? Like mm-hmm. it's Charlotte against her. That's yes. where it fits, but this doesn't. This doesn't. Nope. It just bothers it me. And then we turn into doesn't. this and it's like, well, why did she waste any time saying she's the opportunity if we're just gonna write her off a of TV? Well, I don't know if we're going to write her off TV. So, again, this is where we're going into the backstage reporting of Dave Meltzer. Just again, in Kayfabe, she is suspended. Right. Yeah, true that. She she could do the Stone Cold thing where Stone Cold was suspended and showed up on a fucking Zamboni or whatever it was. You know, we could still do those kind of things, right? Uh so in Kayfabe, I get this suspended. Now, breaking Kayfabe and the I'm getting my teeth done or boobs done or butt done, whatever the fuck it is, that's none of our business, but that's that's going a little bit too far. In Kayfabe, you got suspended, but man, that was really quick. You went from like everyone, kiss my ass. To like everyone, 
I'm gonna fucking murder you, and I, that's. I would much what? prefer this if we if we moved to Charlotte Flair's got a short fuse and is beating the shit out of people. I'm I'm here for that, but that, I don't think that's the story we're telling. I don't know what the story is that we're telling. Yeah, that's well, the thing. Speaking of stories, and what are we doing here? Uh, Alexa Bliss has straight up stolen the Fiend's gimmick now, right? It is completely hers. And don't uh, get me wrong, yeah. she's probably gonna do it better. I mean, she's doing it well. And this is something I've called for for a long time in the women's division in all companies is, hey, let's just stop having pretty people and ugly people fight each other. And they're just calling each other pretty people and ugly people. Or we have a championship like there's more to women than just those two things. Right. So, hey, Undertaker was an undead wizard. That was pretty fucking cool. Let's do that with the women. So we're going to do it with Alexa Bliss. To your point, though, it's the same story as bray wyatt um i like her like i like how they had this uh you know they had all the doll pictures mixed in with all the the child photos and they looked pretty decent for photoshop photos um and all of that so that was fun but um and and i if she's going to use that as like her urn if you will then cool um but are we getting something new out of bray wyatt has he already switched it up did we already just burn through the fiend character because again it, it's interesting i thought like yeah, that's where are and then again cuz it feels like Alexa Bliss is saying, "Hey, all you women, I don't like it or you know, Lily doesn't like me or Lily doesn't like you, so I'm going after you." But then Bray Wyatt can't be like, "Hey, Sister Abigail says you're a bitch." I don't Yeah, <laughs> Sister Abigail says you guys all suck, so I'm going after you. It's like, "Yeah, what are we doing if we're not going to collide?" And then I don't, yeah, again, I like it. I like that we're doing something new. But ever since she showed up with that black mascara running down her face, from that moment on, it's just been duds after duds because there was no payoff at WrestleMania, and that's why they booed. And then there was no payoff on Bray Wyatt says, hey, I didn't like that, bitch. And then all uh, Alexa Bliss said is Lily didn't like him. Okay, yeah. so that was it? She just didn't like him, so you just had to cost him a match? And now she said, move on? Huh? Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Makes Yeah, it feels weird. Feels, feels really, really weird. weird. And I don't know where they're going with it. But uh, we'll move into the NXT. Two major things stuck out with me. The, the way mixing with Dexter Loomis and the Indy Hartwell storyline, I love where all of that is. They're so fun. I think Indy Hartwell needs to flirt with the gimmick of women who want to marry men on death row. That is where that is where we should go with her is, you know, Dexter Loomis. I think, I think he, whoever the most sinister heel is at all times, she's always into him. Whoever's the most evil. (laughs) I think, I think Dexter Loomis killed someone last week. Yeah. You, th- you think he's available on Wednesday? You don't think he did that, did you? No. Like, he didn't actually like, kill I should, him, do you think? I should talk to him about it. I should talk to him about it. Like, there is a huge... Yeah, uh, there's a lot of... Yeah, there's like a... You can make documentaries about these women. That's that what I'm that, saying. Right. There is a huge amount of media focused on women who love men on death row and that's the one thing that wwe has yet to really go down an avenue of and i'm not saying death row i'm just saying like the bad you know 
the bad people of the world, right? Women who love the bad people, but don't turn into bad, right? Because that's the thing is these women, if you watch those things, they don't then commit crimes and are doing like double murders with the guys. They're just becoming pen pals or visiting when they can. And that's the part that you got to play with is just yeah. Indy Hartwell is just like, oh, now it's Carrie oh. and Cross. Oh, don't hurt you know. me! Right. Don't hurt me! Oh <laughs> yeah. no! Oh you yeah, know. she's all into Carrie and Cross, and then Scarlet's like, "Bitch!" Right? And but Cross just... is like, "Yo, don't get killed up in this mother." Right? Just call me later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh. And then if you get, and that's the thing, you can just have her bounce around if you want. I still think Dexter Loomis. We have some some months we can go. Oh in. yeah, you play with this one for a while, right? Yeah, she right. Can that, get I'm in not a relationship saying... with with one of them. Yeah, or so but or once... whatever, right? Again, fast forward booking. Once we're done with wherever Dexter and her go, let's say Killing Dane has been over here just murdering uh, all the tag team competition and everything else, and now he's a fucking monster on yeah, the rampage. Yeah, he finally puts Dave, Drake Maverick out to pasture by like just destroying him, and she's like, "Oh, oh. won't you, won't you, won't you power bomb him again?" Yeah, yeah. that was so vicious what you did right <laughs> yeah that's that's the part of indie hartwell that <laughs> i hope great. we go with yeah. yeah that'd be great yeah uh another fun thing well okay so we'll talk about this guy to get into the two the into the match but cameron grimes uh first of all i love him and i like that he's like he's bidding on an nft and, he, and he's like i want it and then they're like oh sorry a bidder came in after the auction we had to go with it. They made such a generous offer that we had to take it. But they send their regards. It's Ted DiBiase. And he's like, Ted DiBiase! <laughs> like, I love that that's going to be a thing. Um, and then into Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly switching it up, which I think will be better than what he was starting to do right out of out of thing. It dressed a little weird, but if he's going to be zany and kind of goofy, then fine. I don't think they've got anybody else kind of doing that. So this should work, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. I don't know if we necessarily say, like, this is going to be the face of the NXT brand, zany Kyle O'Reilly. Right. However, it's not just, I have new music, but I'm Kyle O'Reilly. Don't you love this? Well, no. Cause I'm you're the not wrestling doing machine. Yeah, yeah, you're not doing anything different. You're just now not with your friends. Right. Uh, so I like Nobody can super kick like I can super kick. Or whatever yeah. he does, right? Yeah. yeah whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do like the, the you know the uh, bargain Amazon version of Orange Cassidy that we're trying with with Kyle O'Reilly. So that was the WWE world. But, Tom, what I want to get into, uh, and this is this is always a blast, right? We've talked. Oh, yeah. We've talked about pro wrestling this week, what we thought about it. We did it in a very calm, cool. I don't think we ever lost our temper. Environment. Yeah, no, I think everything was great. Uh, but now it's time to turn it. To the table nation, to our, our calm fans. Uh, and, and we do that by going to, you can do this two ways. If you want to be on the show, you want to have your voice heard, reach out to us, tableshow at gmail.com. You can email us if you, if you can't keep it brief and you need an email, or if you just, you know, you want to dive into some topics, tableshow at gmail.com. We don't have any of those this week. It's email, right? I get it. But what, what most people do is hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. You go to Twitter, we're table show. You use hashtag tweet the table, and we're going to read some of the best of them right here. And I picked out three because we've got to get out of here, Tom. It's Friday night. I got to get this show posted because everybody's waiting. They're already hitting me up. Phone's been buzzing off the hook. Ah, Where's, the Where's the show? 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 I think I at least heard that twice. So uh, <laughs> we're going to go to tweet the table, and we're going to start off with an old friend, Tom. 
I don't know if you remember this guy. We thought that he was Sean Spears. Hallmark of Swede. At Hallmark of Swede says, hashtag tweet the table. They fired Samoa Joe and put Pat McAfee on commentary? This decision was so bad, it brought me back to this show. I guess every cloud really does have a silver lining. Well, hey, I am so glad that in the time you have to stop fighting the inner circle, you can mm-hmm. come back and use hashtag tweet the table. Sean, yeah. love what you did with your hair. As love I mentioned, you got rid yep. of the blonde and mm-hmm. went with the dark. Perfect. Uh, so thanks so much, man. Sean, Sp- oh, excuse me, Hallmark of Swede being back on this show is one of the coolest things to happen uh, yep. that I that I could have thought of. It was the biggest surprise, and I'm super glad he's back. And yeah. Now, so let's get into his tweet here. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I, okay, might get another oh. hashtag with the table from uh, Sean Spears, Hallmark of Swede. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee's great. I think I Pat like McAfee's him. a great decision. First of all, what he said, I don't remember who he was talking about or what they did, but he was like, you got to have a lot of gut sack to do that. And that's the stuff that Pat McAfee's going to say that nobody else is going to say because Pat McAfee's going to be like, listen, I know you're telling me to say stuff, but I don't need your fucking money. And I'm going to make this more entertaining. And it's going to work, and and it'll show. And it seems more authentic, right? So let's look at his first uh, Friday Night Smackdown, for example. There was a couple of times where he stood up because he was so into a match that he just had to stand up to talk about it. And then, I know it was the first time he got to do it. Maybe it was a little bit of uh, hamming it up. But when he goes, this is the first time I get to say the 619 because he's a pro wrestling fan, and that's Rey Mysterio. So I like the childlike enthusiasm that he brings to a broadcast but not it's not byron saxton can't get laid isn't this fucking dork virgin over here which is again a stupid trope that they use but it's not the dork over here it's a just a especially a real fan and this is why Corey graves works well is because if you're going to have what wwe likes for their play-by-play guy vanilla generic telling the stories without a whole lot of personality you need that on the flip side, guy. You need the color commentator. They color the story. That's the idea, right? Like, they're adding mm-hmm. the extra bits of stuff to kind of, you know, the the straight guys right over here lining out everything that's going on. And then the color commentator comes in and spices it up a little. You got to have that. And so I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Also, Pat McAfee playing a little bit. I know he did the, the Rey Mysterio, oh, my God, in the school, but Rey Mysterio is more of a legend, so it makes sense. But I like that he's kind of taking the heel side. He didn't just come in and say, like, I'm a pro wrestling fan. Isn't this all great? He was coming in and saying, like, isn't this all great? Kind of like the Dirty Dogs. Hey, isn't this great? Baron Corbin makes some good yeah, sense. And great. so, like, yeah, it, it was good. I like what they're what they're doing. And I like Hallmark of Swede being back on the show. More of it. Yeah, man. More let us it. know. Uh, let us know your next promo with MJF. Give us some some yeah. deets here. Just come know? out with it. Come do an interview yeah. for the show. Just, That'd be great. just be honest. Just be honest yeah. with us. You know. And you too at home, play along. Hashtag tweet the table. Like at WIR Canada did. And he said, may as well rename Talking Smack the Bianca Belair show now at this point. Fuck it. Hashtag tweet the table. Mm. Hey, good because she wasn't featured on SmackDown. I mean, she was, but she really wasn't. She just walked out and said, yeah. I got gold. And here's the thing that I understand what they said, but man, you look like a dummy last week on SmackDown where her husband and I'm assuming close friend, uh, both street profits, the street profits introduce her to say like, this is the champion. And she comes out 
and she does Dancing it up, rehearsed, waving her hair, doing her whole you know. right. It's a very rehearsed promo, and that's fine. I'm I'm okay with it. But then after a promo, she goes, "Hey, husband, you got to win this match because it's only gold in this household." And then he loses, and we just move on. Like that is where a story could be told, you know? Could be. Dawkins is like, hey, Montez, didn't your wife say to fucking win and you lost the match? Dissension there. Or Bianca says, there's only gold in this household, so you better find an apartment till you win the check. Or just somebody's in their ear, right? Like, like he... That could be the driving reason why they're going after the tag team titles is he keeps getting in Dawkins like, God damn, my wife's got gold, dude. Like, I can't not mm-hmm. do this. And then, like you said, maybe Dawkins falls short on something, and he's kind of like, you're keeping me from gold, right? Like, look, if we're not doing another run with Street Profits, there's no reason to keep him going. You know? Yeah. So We don't need we don't need New Day 2.0. If they're right. not going to do something, then let's get them to do something else. That's what I'm getting at. Do something and else. that. And that comment could have been the driving factor into a new story. Instead, she just makes a you know, uh, kind of a throwaway comment, and then it has no ramifications. Just hey, you better win. Well, I didn't. Okay, what's the next town we get? See to? you at dinner. <laughs> yeah, like fuck. what the fuck was that? I don't know. Cata. Uh, Love the tweet table. Good stuff. And final one we've got for tonight is from friend of the show at Devil Vamp. And he says, hashtag tweet the table. Wow. What a match between Darby Allen and uh, Jungle Boy. Sorry, I didn't want to spell it. Uh, hashtag AEW Dynamite. Just amazing. Put their bodies on the line. That Jungle Boy out on a showing. And yeah, God, this match was, was great. Now, Tom, what I want to get into with this, uh, and thanks mm-hmm. Devil Vamp for the tweet table, is Jungle Boy's winning matches, right? Jungle Boy, what they said, he's got the second most wins in, in some of the start of the year or since AEW, whatever. But he is tied into he's a Jungle Boy. He's got a dinosaur. So what's the storyline you're going to do if they're like, hey, let's do something big with Jungle Boy? You know what I mean? Like, how, what's the story you do to maybe say make him make a, a little more mainstream legitimate? I still think you stay with the Jungle Boy until he wins a title. This is the, this is the you know, high level cliff notes of what I would do with the jungle boy to make him get to the Eddie Kingston, John Moxley type of character, right? Not the same person, but you know, same level is Darby Allen's going to get to that next spot before jungle boy is right. So then we have to have someone fill in the spot that Darby Allen is currently doing. Right? So whatever it is with Darby Allen, Darby Allen gets screwed over by sting. Then they, you know, go off into their own program. Let's just say it's Lance Archer who wins the TNT championship. And then Lance Archer's doing the everybody must die. Jungle boy says, Hey, I'm going to stand up for the locker room here. I'm going to stand up for AEW. Everyone isn't going to die. I'm taking you on next week. And then they have a match. Then I would have, Jungle Boy win that match. Now he is the TNT champion, right? Now this is a good looking guy. Jungle Boy, you could do all the fun shoots with the title and a boy and his dinosaur and all the fun Put him things. Out in the woods and shit. And- yeah, all you're getting all the fun promotional materials. You're doing. Oh, that he could for- go on all your Conans and stuff like that with the yeah. dinosaur. And oh, the, you know. walking out, you know, as you know, he you know jumps up onto the shoulders of uh, Luchasaurus. We're doing all that fun stuff for a couple of months, and he's having good matches with. 
fill in the blanks. You know what I'm saying? Sean Spears, you know, uh, cutie Marshall, cutie Marshall, uh, Anthony Ogogo, all these guys, right? Boom, 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 boom. JD Drake. He beat, he beats all these guys. We're having fun. Then he loses. Let's say to a Ethan page, all ego, Ethan page. That's actually a perfect example. Ethan page is like, yeah, you know why I beat you? Cause you're a fucking boy with the dinosaur. Yeah, this is where the big boys play. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, look at the right, adjective. Right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Right. And so that's where Jungle Boy kind of has this realization of, I love Luchasaurus. I love Marco Stunt. But if I'm going to accomplish the goals that I have for myself, I'm going to have to get a little bit more serious. And then you have him challenge Ethan Page and he loses. And then... That's the full transformation. And I'm not saying heal. That's where AEW does great. And I think they need to go into this a little bit more. He doesn't say like Luchasaurus, fuck off Marco stun. I'm power bombing you. He just goes like, now I look different. Now I'm walking out to my own music, not a jungle boy music. Yeah. It's my own thing. It's a lot more realistic. It's like, if, I'm we, Jack if we suddenly, Perry. if we suddenly were like, you know what? I'm just going to do our own podcast. Like we wouldn't yeah. be like, I wouldn't necessarily be like, fuck Tom. And he's a dick. It'd be like, look, Tom wants to do a wrestling podcast. So I want to do something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There it is. Right. And then that's where you lose the Jungle Boy name. Hey, I'm Jack Perry. My father was Luke Perry. I've grown up in this entertainment world my entire life. I'm destined to be the face of a network. I'm destined to be the TNT champion. He and then, should, boom. He should Ooh, that was good. become a little bit cooler, a little bit suaver. Well, he's got it. Start, he looks the part. Start, start, uh, not full pothead like Matt Riddle, right? But maybe a little bit of that. And then he can be Beverly Hills 69-420. I'm not yep. going to co-sign that, but okay. Yep. Nope. Uh, nope. All right. Steal it. Have Rob Van Dam train him up. Well, but what I am <laughs> saying is you, you get him out of the Jungle Boy stuff and you maybe pull his hair back and put it in a ponytail and now he's wearing more contemporary clothing then he's not going like if you call him Jungle Boy, he's not going to answer. You call him, hey Jack, hey, you know whatever he wants to go by. Okay, then I'm answering. But like now I'm a human. I'm not a Jungle Should Boy. Be Jack of the Jungle. Easy, take it easy. <laughs> Jack of the Jungle. But that's what I'm saying. I would say that by losing and then not accomplishing his goals, that's where he gets into. I'm here for a reason. I'm here to be my own man. Da 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 da. It's kind of a tired story, but you could do it in a real fun way. And then Luchasaurus maybe goes like, hey, I'm a fucking dinosaur. I'm the man and I'm cool. And then you go into like, be proud of who you are. And he can start beating up uh, the the bullies of the world, the MJFs. You know what I mean? Because he's going to eventually need someone after Jericho. And then you get into this, like, be proud of who you are. And Luchasaurus just does this like therapy yell of like i'm a dinosaur you know what i mean and like now you get luchasaurus doing something fun i'm a I, dinosaur I <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be fun uh, that would be the best thing ever i would rewind well, that like, at 17 times yeah because like after jack perry after jungle boy Lu leaves luchasaurus then maybe we see all Oh, run down, go down this little rabbit hole with me real quick as we end the show here. Okay. So we, we follow all the same stuff that I did with, with Jungle Boy there, right? Jungle Boy says, hey, I'm my own man. I can't be doing this stuff. I'm I'm Jack Perry now. I'm dropping the, the Jungle Boy. I'm going to go beat Ethan Page on right. my own, right? right? And then 
So he walks off. It's backstage promo. JP he the stud. Off, and then you have and then you have Luchasaurus, and he kind of looks like distraught and kind of you know oh my god, and then we sh- we just we pan down from Luchasaurus and we see the mask. We don't see the mask come off, but the mask gets thrown down and we see the mask on the ground and then we're not hearing from luchasaurus for a while and then tony shimani does a backstage interview hey luchasaurus has been gone for three weeks we're finally hearing from him since jack perry has recaptured the tnc championship what's his thoughts on his friend winning the championship and then it's not luchasaurus i don't know what that guy's name is let's say it's jeff. qt marshall yeah qt marshall right, right. <laughs> but but jeff jeff is sitting down and he's like jeff the dinosaur Jeff, no, no, no dinosaur. Oh. He's going, he's going, I'm really happy for my friend Jack. Jeff the mammal. Sure. Let's just say that, right? <laughs> but but he goes, hey, I'm so happy for my friend Jack Perry. And Tony Schiavone's like, where's the mask? Like, you're Luchasaurus. He's like, no, my name is Jeff. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Whatever it is, right? All that stuff. And they Jeff go, from okay. Sheboygan. Right. Yeah, from Poughkeepsie. <laughs> right. And so then on AEW Dark, Jeff goes out and he wrestles and he loses. Jeff goes out the next week, goes out against one of the guys from bear country loses. Then Marco stunt comes up to him. He's like, Hey man, you know why you're losing? Cause you're not who you're supposed to mask. be. He's like, Cause of this man. Yeah. You're not who you're supposed to be. And then he like pushes him to the side. He's like, no, fuck off Marco. Like, I'm no, Jeff, I'm Jeff. <laughs> I've got to do this on my own. I'm Robbie. <laughs> well, he's like, I got to be like Jack Perry. Jack Perry is a winner. He went on his own. I can also do this. And through Marco stunt kind of being a thorn in his side, we go through, you know, some, some things here and I, I won't bore you with all the details, but then we get the, I'm a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking holding the mask up. Yeah. Everyone's like dinosaur. Dinosaur. <laughs> Isn't that great? And then yeah. he puts the mask on and he beats, let's say it's Wardlow, right? He beats Wardlow. And now we got Luchasaurus back on the tear. yeah but he should remain calm as always hey before you send a hashtag tweet the table Mm -hmm. think yeah is this is this right calm is Mm -hmm. this nice take a moment is it true center yourself find your calm and then go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net and click on every link you can find. Go to the PayPal. Give us a dollar. Use the YouTube link and watch us on YouTube.com slash SpanishAnnounceTube. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. All the goddamn fun you can have at SpanishAnnounceTable.net. But remember to remain calm. The Spanish Announce Table.